Father in heaven, great is thy faithfulness toward each one of us. We thank you for your mercies, which are new every morning. May we today surrender all to you, that we will be one with you as you are one with the Father, fulfilling your prayer in John chapter 17. Bless us now throughout this midday power surge. Revive us, reform us, is our prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. All right, friends, welcome one. Welcome all to this midday power surge. Thursday, January 30th, 2020. All right, friends, welcome one. Welcome all. All right, friends, Jules, Jolie, Selma, Anselm, Yolanda, Carla, Vladimir. All right, friends, Clarence, amen. Friends, I want to turn your attention to Matthew chapter 24. In Matthew 24, the question was asked of Christ, What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Christ gave many signs. I want to bring your attention to verse 7 through verse number 9, where the Bible tells us that there shall be wars, rumors of wars, famines, Pestilences, that's diseases, earthquakes in diverse places, that's calamities. All these things, verse 8, are the beginning of sorrows. And look at verse 9. Let's take a look at verse 9. It says, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Friends, this is filled, rich with meaning. Number one, my namesake, all nations will hate us. It's because we honor God's Ten Commandments. It's because we are Sabbath keepers honoring God's seventh day Sabbath. What says so? Isaiah chapter 56, verse 5 through verse number 7, even through verse 9. And Revelation chapter 14, verse 1. The Father's name is in our foreheads. And we proclaim the three angels' messages, verse 6 through verse number 12, which ushers in the second coming of Christ, verse 14 through verse 16. And verse 12 says, We keep God's commandments and have the faith of Jesus Christ. We shall be hated of all nations just as Jesus was despised by all the people of that time. The apostles were hated by all nations. The Protestant reformers were hated by all nations, the nations who were controlled by the papacy. And history will be repeated. All right, friends, we're now seeing an example of this. The Chinese people, oh yes, the Chinese people are being persecuted. The Chinese people are being blamed for the coronavirus. And these people who are Chinese are now living in, uh, let's say, the UK, in Canada, in France. And they are being persecuted, being blamed for the coronavirus. Even though those Chinese people in these aforementioned countries have not gone to China since the outbreak. Their close family members have not visited China since the outbreak. 
and now they're being blamed. Is God showing us what is coming upon his commandment keeping people? They are being hated by all these nations. The people, very, very soon, we shall be hated by all the common people, along with civil leaders and religious leaders. It's here. Take a look. Here it is, my friends, January 30th, 2020. Market Watch headline says, no Chinese allowed. Very, very soon it's going to say, they will say, no Seventh-day Adventist allowed. No commandment-keeping people, no Seventh-day Sabbath keeper allowed. It says, watch carefully, racism and fear are now spreading along with the coronavirus this week. My ethnicity has made me feel like I was part of a threatening and diseased mass, says Sam Fan, a master's student at the University of Manchester. And friends, very, very soon it's going to read, This week, my religion has made me feel like an outcast as a part of a threatening and diseased mass. Take a look at this, my friends. It goes on. As Chinese health officials and citizens struggle to contain the coronavirus, people in countries including South Korea, Malaysia, the United Kingdom, and Canada are reporting the spread of anti-Chinese racism. One person said on the bus, to work last week. As I sat down, the man next to me immediately scrambled to gather his stuff and stood up to avoid sitting next to me. It goes on that photos of stores in various countries have the sign, no Chinese allowed. We are here, my friends. The Guardian it says, watch carefully, the coronavirus panic is turning the United Kingdom into a hostile environment for East Asians. Stereotypes are spreading as quickly as the virus. On the bus, in the street, people have started treating us as if we were, we are infected. What came to my mind? was what prophecy says will be fulfilled. God's commandment-keeping people, Sabbath-keeping people, seven-day Sabbath-keeping people are going to be labeled as the individuals who are bringing the crisis. We are going to be labeled as infectious to the society. Look at this, my friends. The death penalty for the common good. But for whom? If a man be dangerous and viewed as infectious to the community, the death penalty can be applied because he is a threat for the common good. Common good includes Sunday observance by law. All right, friends, look at this now. BBC News, coronavirus, not only in Japan and in the East, in the UK, Look at this. French Asians hit back at racism with the words, I'm not a virus. Hashtag, 
am not a virus. All right, friends. Not only in France, but what's happening in Canada. Take a look. I've been very troubled uh, to uh, hear of reports, one as recently as at lunchtime today, of people treating our Chinese-Canadian community differently. That they in some way are being or should be shunned or quarantined or suggesting Chinese businesses should be avoided. Now, friends, we can harp on many points here, but notice he says the businesses of the Chinese people in Canada would be affected negatively. What are we told in Revelation 13? Verse 15 through verse 17, we won't be able to buy or sell except we, act, except we accept Sunday rest by law. All right, first look at this here. It says in Canada, there are concerns among the Chinese Canadian community. In Toronto, they're saying this could happen. Chinese-owned and Chinatown businesses were hit especially hard and saw a loss of income estimated at between 40% to 80%. The harm was serious. A loss of income, a loss of jobs, people losing their livelihood, losing their homes. Facing stigma at school, even at the workplace. That's startling, my friends. Take a look again. We are facing an emergency, not necessarily in a public health sense, but an emergency within the trans-Canadian communities because we are being singled out, we are being stigmatized because of the coronavirus. We are being, they are being hated by all these people. But very, very soon, for God's commandment-keeping people, it would not only be the common people, but leaders, civil leaders, and religious leaders. Friends, we are nearing home. Can we not see it? Those of you in the forum? And notice, when the calamities continue, the pestilences continue, Sunday rest by law will be enforced to combat these things. When Sunday rest becomes the law of the land, God's commandment-keeping people, God's Sabbath-keeping people will not bow to Sunday observance and they are going to be blamed as the reason for the increase of calamities. We are going to be called troublers of the people. The Chinese people are being called troublers of the nations. All right, friends. That's Great Controversy, page 590. Elijah was called a troubler of Israel. That's 1 Kings chapter 18. By church and state union, Ahab and Jezebel. It's coming again, my friends. There it is on the screen. And we are going to be called troublers of the people. Let's move on and segue into William Barr, the U.S. Attorney General. Here it is, my friends. January 29th, 2020. The Washington Times headline, William Barr, voice from the wilderness. They are likening William Barr to John the Baptist. And friends, think about this. John the Baptist was called, labeled the voice in the wilderness. And John the Baptist was preparing the way for whom? For Jesus Christ. William Barr, a Roman Catholic, 
William Barr, U.S. Attorney General. William Barr, a member of the Knight of Columbus. William Barr is now preparing the way, the forerunner for the Antichrist Church-State Union in America, which will form an image to the beast, an image to Popery, an image to what, my friends, the Antichrist. Back to the screen. William Barr, voice from the wilderness. What is he pushing for? Religion to be at the core of our country. It's time, he says, for a national uprising of biblically-centered folk. It's time to heal some wounds. The people are too secular. Politicians are too secular. It's right there, friends. And it's calling for people to be more religious. Politicians to be more religious. Friends, am I saying I don't want folks to be religious? Oh, no. But when church and state unite, based on history, based on prophecy, we know what the end result will be. Persecution for God's commandment-keeping people. Of course, he said last sentence. No, I'm not calling for forced conversions. But what says prophecy, my friends? Revelation 13, verse 15. He says, it's time to bring our nation back to God. It's time High time for people of faith to get a little bit louder, a little bit more active, a little bit more aggressive to force this nation back to God. That's church state union. The same William Barr said. Those who refuse to accept church state union, that they are pests. They are pesky. We want church-state union, not church-state separation. And we know, my friends, pesky pests. And what does popery, how does the papacy view the U.S. Constitution as a pestilential error, a pest? All right, my friends, William Barr, they are liken, likened onto, they are likening onto John the Baptist. Well, friends, is God telling us it's time to study the experience of John the Baptist? Go with me, my friends, to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. And the Bible tells us that John the Baptist prepared the way for the first advent of Christ. And John the Baptist preached the message of repentance. And so it is. We are called to prepare the way for the second advent of Christ. What am I to preach? What are you to preach? It is repentant. Mark chapter 1. The Bible says in verse 2, As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way. The voice of one crying, In the wilderness prepare ye the way of the Lord. And verse number 4 says, John did baptize in the wilderness and preach the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And what am I to preach? What are you to preach? To prepare the world, the church, for the second advent of Christ. It is repentance. Write down in the forum, Acts chapter 3, verse 19 and verse 20. The Bible tells us, repent. And be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing 
shall come from the presence of the Lord, and he shall send whom? He shall send Jesus. Repentance, conversion, the blotting out of sin must be preached, must be experienced to usher in the second coming of Christ. Today, I want to be in that group. How about you, my friends? And also write down Acts chapter 17, verse 30. Verse 31, repentance must be preached. Repentance must be experienced in order for Jesus to close the work of investigative judgment in the most holy place of the heavenly sanctuary and return for us. That's what it says. In the time of this ignorance, God winked at. But now he has commanded all men everywhere to repent. That's it, my friends. Why? For he has appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by Jesus Christ. And one of the great reasons, friends, why Christ has delayed his second advent is because he wants us to preach and to experience Bible repentance. That second Peter chapter three and verse number nine God is not slack concerning his promise of his second advent, but is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish. But what? All of us should come to repentance. Today, my friends, I choose to come to repentance. How about you? All right, friends, it must not only be preached in the church, it must be preached to all nations. Look with me at Luke 24. The Bible tells us at Luke 24 and verse number 47, repentance must be preached to all nations, which goes along, my friends, with Revelation chapter 14. What must go to all nations? The everlasting gospel. Verse 6 to verse 12, the three angels' messages. And the Bible tells us in verse 47, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning in the church. And verse 48 tells us we must experience repentance. What do I mean? We can never preach repentance unless we experience repentance. Verse 48, and ye are witnesses of these things. Do you want to experience repentance? Bible repentance, so you can proclaim repentance and be saved by Christ. All right, friends, what is repentance? Repentance means sorrow for sin and forsaking sin. Look with me at Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 18. And look with me at verse 30 of Ezekiel chapter 18. The Bible tells us, therefore, I will judge you. O house of Israel, put your name there. I will judge you, Andrew. I will judge you, my professed people. Everyone, according to his ways, saith God. Repent and turn yourselves from all your transgressions. So iniquity shall not be your ruin. That's it, friends. Cast away from you all your transgressions, whereby you have transgressed, and make you a new heart. And a new spirit. For why will you die? O house of Israel. Put your name there. Why will you die? Put your name there. 
For I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth, saith the Lord God. For this reason, turn you, turn you and live. Go to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And look with me at verse 20. What are we to repent of? Repent of strife. Repent of envy. Repent of fornication. Repent of backbitings. Repent of the unforgiving spirit. Repent of fornication. Repent of adultery. Repent of worldly music. Repent of the worldly dress. Repent of the worldly diet. Repent of from competitive sports. Repent from worldly music. Repent, repent, repent. Second Corinthians chapter 12 verse 20 through verse 21. Repent of uncleanness. The Bible is clear. But friends, it's impossible for us to turn from sin in our own strength. Because by nature we are sinful. By nature you can't turn. It is Christ who must give us the desire to turn from sin and the strength to stay away from sin. Go to Acts chapter 5. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 5 and verse number 30. For God, the God of our fathers, raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him, Jesus, hath God raised up, exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. Praise God, my friends. It is Christ who will give us repentance. Watch this. The same God who instructs us to repent is the same God who gives us both the desire and the strength to repent. What a savior I serve. What a savior we serve. Is he not a loving savior? Oh yes, my friends. And that's why we are told in Romans chapter 2 that it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's what, my friends? It's the goodness of God that leads us repentance. And friends, I want to repent. So I must reflect upon God's goodness. If you desire that will and power to repent, evening, morning, and at noon, focus on God's goodness. In one way we see God's goodness is looking at his mercy, his long-suffering, his grace. Yes, friends. Look at Exodus 34. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. Is God good? Are we alive today? Many second chances. Is God good? So as Moses worshipped God, bowed before him in verse 8, as he saw God's goodness, saw God's glory, what am I to do? What are you to do? Yes, friends. That's why we are told in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 10, it is the goodness, underscore that word, it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. The Bible says, for godly sorrow leadeth to repentance. Godly sorrow worketh 
repentance to salvation. How do I receive this godless sorrow? It's by seeing what my sin does to Christ. It's by seeing what your sin does to Christ. And if I, if I be lifted up, says Jesus, I will draw you unto myself. Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10 says, I will pour out upon the house of David, upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and of supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for me. Bitter mourning. Yes, friends, compunction for sin. As I see, as you see, what our sin does to Jesus. It will cause us to surrender, lead us to repent, and be baptized, just as we see in Acts chapter 2, verse 36 through verse 39. How may I know if my repentance is genuine? How may you know if your repentance is genuine? When we say, Lord, from this day forward, I choose not to commit that sin again. Death before dishonor or the transgression of God's law should be the motto of every Christian. Write down 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. And verse 11, once we find repentance through Christ, we say we will not commit that sin again. Also, a powerful scripture, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, when we cast down every imagination that goes against the knowledge of God, verse 6, listen, and having in a readiness, we are ready to revenge all disobedience, revenge all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. Godless sorrow for sin. And friends, once we repent, we must believe Christ has accepted our confessions and sorrow for sin. He has now pardoned us. Believe. He has now treated us as if we never sinned. Believe. He will give us power to live above sin. Believe when he returns a second time. He will take us home with him. What said so? Mark chapter 1. Verse 14. Verse 15. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe. That's it friends. Faith. Repentance by faith. Repentance and faith. Obedience by faith. Repent from sin, sin, the transgression of God's law. Obey and believe. Revelation chapter, chapter 3, chapter 3, verse 19 says, Jesus says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous therefore and what? Repent. It's the love of Christ that leads us to repentance. And verse 20 now says, He's knocking on our heart's door. And once we open that door and let him in, he will come in. Sup with us. We will sup with him. That's communion. That's oneness. And what says verse 21 of Revelation chapter 3? We can sit with him in his throne. Believe it, my friend. 
What a savior we serve. Do you know, friends, this brings joy to God's heart? Luke chapter 15. Do you want to bring joy to God's heart? Verse number 10 says, listen, friends, there is joy in heaven. There is joy with God's angels. Joy in the heart of God when one sinner repents. And today I choose not to grieve God's heart, but to bring joy to God's heart. What is your choice today? Send in your prayer request, my friends. The song that comes to my mind, I've wandered far away from God, but now I am coming home. My wife sang the song. Listen to this, my friends. And surrender all to Christ. Take a listen. 